Hello and welcome to episode 26, season 2 of A Better Father. So the other day, my daughter, we're brushing her teeth, getting ready for bed, and she asked me, how do you know the articles you read on parenting are good? Immediately, my brain went to thoughts of somehow that came from your mom, and then I kind of started to spiral. Regardless of where it came from, one, if it came from her, that's really cool and super impressive. Two, if it came from her mom, thank you for starting the conversation and presenting me with the opportunity to talk to her. And it turned into a really good discussion at, you know, 6.30 at night. And I got to explain to her that I don't know, um, that I read a lot of these articles and I read these books and I do these things, not because any individual one or anything about any of the books is what helps me focus in on one particular area or be a good parent, but there's all these ideas in there and there's all these little things I can pick up on and that when I'm reading them, I'm looking for things that align with my values or things that challenge my views or my thoughts around something and that I look for connective tissue in them. And and if this sounds kind of dry or analytical or whatever, I also talk to my daughter like she's just a person, period, end of story. I don't tend to sugarcoat things. I I mean, honestly, I the only reason I buffer and sugarcoat is because of her mom and just how she could say something or use something or whatever. But I respect my daughter and I respect her enough to talk to her, again, where I feel I have to buffer because of uh, situations and things I can't control. But even then I sometimes say like, this is something we can talk about when you get older. This is something we can talk about, you know, at a later date. Right now I'm telling you it this way just because of your age or whatever, but there is more to it. And I try to be very open and honest with it and not say anything negative about her mom, but just put it out there. And it's kind of been in my head the last few days and why I wanted to talk about it today because you, I, I think I've made it very clear that I find a lot of the things around raising a child cliches, old ways of doing things, whatever, are just uh, asinine, for lack of a better term, where when I became a manager of a retail store, I was in my very early, like 22, 23, and I got hired by the manager of Bed Bath and, not Bed Bath and Beyond, uh, Bath and Body Works, as a server, she's like, you're a great server, blah, 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 coming in an interview. I started off as uh, assistant manager. And then I went from there to Pacific Sunwear, Sun, as a regular manager or a store manager, whatever, um, non-assistant manager. And I, I didn't know how to do it, but I took it seriously. And I, I felt I had a responsibility. So I started reading all these management books. And there was never any one management book that was like, this is how you do it. This is how you manage people. This is how you manage a, a business or whatever. It was just like little tidbits here and there, little things that would come out, uh, pieces of information that helped in certain situations. And to be honest, like a lot of those books, I and they make them fun. They make them parables. That's kind of like 
was the thing at the time who moved my cheese and you know fish the market in seattle and stuff and they made them quick and easy fun reads for the most part and you know there'd always be an idea in there or a concept or a way of viewing something like the one minute manager i remember it wasn't like you read this whole little book and the only thing that came out of it was to give for me was to give my employees feedback and it doesn't take long to say something nice to them it doesn't take long to acknowledge something that's what the book could have been boiled down to every once in a while take a minute to acknowledge your employees show them that you see them and say something kind and which is why I think a lot of those management handbooks help me be a better parent because it's not much different honestly but that's a whole other thing that maybe I'll talk about later or another time or whatever but So as I'm answering this for my daughter and explaining it to her that I just read all of these things because it's not easy to raise a kid. It's not easy to to try to do the right thing or make the best. But I told her that, you know, when something gets frustrating, frustrating or and I I always try to use examples of like our real lives. And it's like when you are struggling getting ready in the morning for school. I always look at like, how did you sleep the night before? What is it you had to eat? Were you at my house or your mom's house? Or like all of these things kind of come into play so that when I'm talking to you, it's on this level of this is where she's coming from. These are the things that affect her. And I talked to her about like how brain development happens. And one of the huge uh, points of just, I don't get it and this was actually reiterated in the Daily Stoic, uh, Daily Dad podcast today, is that our kids, like, let them be kids. Let them enjoy being kids. I don't know why we push or why some people don't want to do it. But she has been being told since, like, six months old that she's a big girl. You're a big girl. Oh, you're so big, blah, blah, blah. And it would always just make me angry because it was just like, she's not. She's a baby and even now like we have these back and forth where I try to explain to her that you're not a big kid you are seven you are and I always say you're a growing person which I think I've talked about before but it's why are we why would you I gotta make sure I'm saying this correctly why would you want to make this little person push forward any quicker than you need to like why not help them be in the present moment why not help them be where they are and enjoy where they are there's a lot of influences i see coming in now from her mom that i don't agree with and i've had to bend and you know massage my way of doing things or whatever so she doesn't feel guilt or shame over what she's now internalizing or taking on these other habits but it's just like it breaks my heart and i keep trying to like reiterate like enjoy this moment and I had recently read and I don't remember where it was from but that when you ask like somebody between the ages of six or seven and 13 like what is it you want to be and you know 85% of all those kids answer I want to be older and if you ask somebody who's you know 65 and older what is it you want to be and they say I want to be younger and so we're it seems like I don't know if we're teaching this specifically or if we're putting out this vibe or somehow setting up this this need desire view want whatever in kids to want to be or for us to i guess this way i want to say it for us to always desire what it is we don't have grass is always greener on the other side 
So when you're 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, like, oh, if I could just get older, then X, Y, and Z would happen. And then you get to 65 and, you know, things start happening. You're like, oh, I wish I'd enjoyed my youth more. I wish I'd, I could be younger now. And it's like you always want what you don't have instead of figuring out how to enjoy what you do have. And when you're a kid, that falls on the parent to help keep them in the present moment, help keep them where they're at. Don't tell them you're a big person, a big girl, whatever, a big boy. Just let them enjoy it. Let them be where they're at. And this all comes from like where my viewpoints and my thoughts and things are at. And as I'm explaining this to her, and it's funny because, again, listening to these different podcasts and uh, The Daily Dad really sticks out to me, but it's... I feel like I heard something similar on Armchair Expert, and I apologize, I don't remember which episode, but that when we have, our kids are only going to listen so long. You can't sit down and talk to them about X, Y, or Z for 45 minutes, 20 minutes, 10 minutes, 5 minutes. You say what you can, as long as you can, and then let them go when, like, forcing them to try to listen or whatever, one, it makes them uncomfortable, two, it puts them out of it. Anyway, they're not listening, so you're only doing it for you at that point to feel like you're being heard or you've got this little person who's forced to listen to you, so you're going to listen to me. And it doesn't it doesn't do them any good. If anything, it might be harming your relationship with them or the situation because if you're starting to get frustrated or you're trying to get a point across or you're you know, browbeating it into them, then they're hearing your tone. They're hearing you get upset or angry or move this stuff forward in a way that that is creating a rift. And and they're not listening or getting it anyway, so why are you wasting your time and energy? Say as much as you can, get across your point, and then move on. And, you know, come back to it again later or reiterate it later. Or, you know, find good books or parables or stories that you can read to them that are entertaining that might try to drive home the point. And I don't know. So when my daughter asked me that, it was just this, again, I kind of went negative for a second. And then regardless of why she was asking that, it's like, this is a great opportunity to have this conversation and talk to you about it and let you know, like, there is no one article. There is no one thing I read. I read a lot and process a lot and take in a lot because there is nobody who has the answer yet. And these are the things that feel good to me. And then I was able to talk to her about, you know, I do this because, you know, I want to be more patient with you. And these things, the stuff I read reminds me of that, tells me that when I read stuff that doesn't or says, this is why you need to X, I'm like, I don't agree with that. But now I can kind of process why I don't agree that agree with that. Or I can read the story and be like, okay, this, this doesn't relate or this doesn't match up with my values or what I want to teach my daughter. So I now have a basis and a foundation for that. Or I can look at it and be like, yeah, this is kind of ugly. Like, I don't want that ugliness or that viewpoint or that, that whatever being the premise of what my daughter to learn and our relationship to be built on. Now, I will say one thing that does kind of suck about the, the path I'm on or the viewpoints or the material I read or whatever is that it does currently go against where most people are at or what they're thinking or how they view raising a child or taking care of a kid or what it is that's important. And I was just listening to Brene Brown, uh, one of her specials on Netflix, and it was about vulnerability and shame and, you know, keeping yourself open and all the things that come from that. And as she's talking about raising her kids, like I just, 
man, it really matters who you have a kid with. And and and, try, and, it, and you can't know. I thought we were more aligned. I thought our viewpoints mashed up a little better. I thought she was more progressive and, you know, more whatever. I just, so you can't know, even if you think you do know, you think, oh, like this person got pregnant for me. So, but at least, you know, we're in alignment on these things or whatever. So you can't ever really know, but if she's talking about it, and these are arguments that we would have or viewpoints that are different or things she's telling our daughter that I'm saying differently. And Brene Brown's talking about her kids and how like, and I'm also listening to Rich Roll's latest podcast with these parents who had these kids where they didn't focus on the grades and they don't, they actively tell their kids like, these are your choices. These are your, the things that you have to have dependence on. I can't control everything for you. I can be here for you. I can guide you. I can be your parent. I can be your friend. I can be the person that you come to to get advice if you set up your relationship properly. And and so, but she was talking about how like, she's telling her kids like, your grades don't matter. Or like your grade, like the example she used was with her son, how he said he wanted to get his grades better. And she's like, oh, your grades are just fine. And he was like, no, I want to, I want my grade. I want to work on getting my grade better. And she's like, uh, yeah, that's your choice, but I think your grades are fine. And it was just this moment of like, that's me. <laughs> like, that's how I, and I didn't know that going into it, that that's an example she would use or a story she would tell. But I don't, like right now, and I thought that processed off something else I said was like around college and all this pressure, my daughter like literally is already feeling from her mom and probably her grandparents on that side too, of how you're going to go to college. Like my daughter told me, I was told that's not a choice. And I'm like, oh, God, no, sweetie, that is a choice. Like it's always a choice for you. You can apply to all the colleges, you can do whatever. But in my head, I'm like, Will she be accepted if she chooses to go to art school? Like, if she wants to go to LA and try to make a go, like, is she gonna be supported in those things from that side? And it's heartbreaking to think she wouldn't or be told like, well, then you don't get this or like browbeat or whatever into it. And so it's, I think college is good. Let me just say that I'm not knocking college, but I also don't think you have to do it. And again, who knows what it's going to look like in 12 years. Colleges are doing with SATs and ACTs and blah, 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 stuff I've already talked about. So we don't even know what it looks like. We don't even, the things that people have spent thousands of dollars on testing and doing all this stuff and test prep, if they have the money for it and all these things might not, well, are already starting to not mean anything. So it's leveling the playing field because it was the rich kids who could afford to get all the testing and stuff and pay for the extra stuff. So it was actually, these things were ways to keep other kids out. It was a way to keep it the way they would like it to look. And, and so these things are getting recognized and changed and that's great, but it means we don't know what it looks like and we don't know who our daughter will be or what she'll want to do or what her passions will be. And, and so it just sucks to think she wouldn't be supported in that. All of that to say, like, all of these things influence my thought process. And if I don't agree, and I've let new things in and new thoughts in, and I've read these books and said, ooh, that may, like, a large, a large portion of my parenting has been reading these books and being like, oh, gosh, that makes sense. Like, I didn't have a, a basis for things. I didn't know why I didn't like doing timeouts and stuff. I just didn't like it. And then I started reading about how these things aren't good. And again, you make your choices. You do what you want to do or whatever. But when I started reading about the negative repercussions of timeouts, I was like, oh, yeah, okay. I couldn't verbalize that. And there were arguments we had. It's like, why don't you want to do this? I'm like, I don't know. I can just tell you it doesn't feel right or feel good to me. And then I read a story or a book and then I could say, oh, yeah, like, 
that makes sense to me why I didn't want to do this thing. So it's been very beneficial and it's just teaching my daughter to read or it's exemplifying the, the things I want to put in her lexicon of information, knowledge, or reasons why or open up to changing your mind or what it could be and, and having that lay there. And all of that came from my daughter asking one question about how do I know that these articles I read are the right articles or however, are they good or that they're teaching me the right thing? And it's because it is. And as I was kind of like, I got sidetracked there for a minute, but as I talk about like all these cliched things and stuff I don't like, and I've heard this story before and I've heard it mentioned before and it's mind numbing and I may have mentioned it on here before, but when they were asked the question, or there's the story of the two parents that went to this college professor who was a college professor who knew all the stuff about childering and done all this research, blah, blah, and said, you know, tell us what it is we need to be good parents. And he's like, oh, if you're here to ask me what it is to be a good parent, you'll do just fine. And that's just the most asinine, horrible story to put out into the universe because what other job can you do where you walk up and be like, hey, how do I be a CEO of a multi-billion dollar corporation? Oh, if you ask me that, you must be doing great. Again, I know I've talked about that before, but it's it takes work and effort and time. And we have these kids and... And if we're not reading, if we're not talking to other parents, if we're not finding out other people's thoughts or viewpoints or what's worked or hasn't worked for them, then I, <laughs> I have to be careful what I say because I don't want to like insult anybody, but it's like then you can't do that with anything else. You can't go play baseball and be great at it if you don't work your butt off at it, if you don't show up every day and put in time and effort. If you want your physical fitness to be good then you've got to work at it uh, i just heard a quote about from arnold schwarzenegger saying like how do you stay in shape or how do you stay so fit at your age he's like one thing all it takes is one thing every day to be arnold schwarzenegger at his age now and still be fit and in shape he literally just says like you got to do one thing every day take a walk do some push-ups like whatever it is it all matters and it all builds on top of the other if you can just do one thing every day and i think when we get overwhelmed or we overthink these things or we think, oh my gosh, I can't do X, Y, or Z or how do I do X, Y, or Z? And it's the same thing with having kids is it's easier, I think, and again, I apologize and I don't want to like misspeak anything, but it's just like, they're these little humans and you can get away with just putting them in front of a screen or just letting them go out inside and play, hopefully, which is also very beneficial. So you're doing the right good thing there, but like, but then you've got to take 20 minutes to read an article online, whether it's good or bad or whatever. At least it gives you a, something to think about or another way to process what it is you believe or don't believe or puts in another idea or something you can talk about with another parent. We met up with a mom friend, and while our daughters were playing, we talked for like three hours straight about just all the... And again, I can ramble, as we all know. But we talked for like three hours just going over all of these things and how our childhoods influence this and how we recognize it. And I remember one point when I kind of started to learn about the impact, the actual literal impact of our childhoods on our the entirety of our lives. And for some reason, we just like think at a certain age that doesn't matter anymore, that doesn't influence us anymore. Um, I was saying something to my mom and she's like, oh, maybe a lot of the stuff I deal with in my life is uh, from my mom as a child. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> like 
that stuff matters and it lays the foundation and you can find examples everywhere of building a building or making a car or building a bridge or creating a company like if you don't lay a proper foundation then it just it doesn't last it doesn't stay or it's horrible <laughs> like so even if somehow it manages to be a bridge like right now our infrastructure as we know it's crap and we need to invest in it because we didn't do the right job back in the day or we didn't invest over time in the structures that we needed to to keep them up and running we just let them go until it's like oh people will die now if you try to cross a bridge or randomly you'll the bridge will just fall apart one day and it does you just you can't control it if you don't keep working on it and adding to it and putting maintenance into it and all these things and that's what you got to do with kids that's what you got to do with us i mean there's a reason all these online therapy groups during covid are looking for more therapists and hiring more people and have you know blown up because people need help and there's nothing wrong with that and we need to acknowledge that not when it's at the break point but when it's at the the beginning point and teaching our kids these values and these things and mirroring them and so and i've a lot of that's been reiterated or helped me remember or built on what i thought or felt or intuitively knew or intuitively intuitively thought or felt and so so to answer the question <laughs> yeah that's that's why i read all this stuff and i don't know that it's right i don't know what's good i don't know x y or z but that's why i don't stop at one article that says oh that proves i'm right or oh that one aligns with me so we're all good here right no i keep reading and i keep trying to piece it together and i see the books that i read that have nothing to do with parenting or at least they're not labeled as parenting books and see it through the lens of being a parent think oh my gosh like this is what we need to do now this is why it matters what our kids eat today this is why it matters how we show them through example like my daughter is going to one day come to her own conclusions about the differences in her two houses and i hope i mean for her health and her safety and her having a better life i hope she sees like oh yeah eating healthy and avoiding sugar and all this stuff works but she's going to have two examples two extreme examples which i won't go over and won't talk negative but it's two extreme examples of a healthy lifestyle versus a non and she'll be able to look at that and make her own assessments and and so i it's good for me to continue to set these positive examples and to live this way because one it's better for me and i'll be a better parent and blah 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 but she also gets to see that and then when she's making her own choices or she's getting older and not just having this stuff put on her then she can say oh this is how i feel better this are the differences this is what my dad was talking about which is what i did with my mom anyway all right so thank you very much for listening to this episode of a better father i appreciate you being here i appreciate you listening uh i was told through a uh podcast i listen to that you should never acknowledge um when you you're late on posting or anything because but i like the consistency of my podcast and i honestly thought i had one lined up to be posted automatically yesterday turned out not to be true it was my daughter's spring break and i just you know wasn't fully uh there so i apologize that this is late i admit it i acknowledge it i have been doing consistently well and i want to continue to do consistently well 
Uh, if you are not list, or reading my blog at abetterfather.com, I'm throwing that out there that it exists. I've been mostly daily with that too. And actually, I will be posting up an article right after recording this podcast and posting it. So thank you. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you listening. And uh, I will I'll keep being here and I'll keep trying to learn and keep trying to share. And uh, yeah, thank you. This is as much for you as it is for me.